one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, I'm Gary Conjunctivitis from Coldaholic.com, and I have conjunctivitis. I'm not just a pretentious twat who likes to wear sunglasses indoors. We're here today to do some more Gary YouTubing, this time in the form of a lovely, lovely tier list about WWE couples. And just in case the title's a bit misleading for you, we're not doing actual real-life WWE couples, because to be frank with you, it's not of our business, and that would be a little bit weird. <laughs> Joining me today is another Gary YouTube who uh, he appears to have the head and the shoulders and the hair of Sam Driver from Cultaholic. How are you doing, Gary? <laughs> I'm good, thanks. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm all right. I'm coming back to uh, Newcastle soonish. I hope so. My flat's been alone for two months. I'm quite worried about what I'm going to find in it. Dust and snakes, no yeah. doubt about it. I'm like, I, I know I took everything out. I know I took the bins out. I know I emptied the fridge, but I'm still paranoid that I'm going to open the fridge and there's just going to be loads of rotten food. It's just, oh, man, proper like. I think I fr- they call it a la carte in France, don't they? <laughs> I've got no idea what I'm saying. Hit the intro, intro man. So just in case you haven't been here before, we have about 20. We'll have exactly 20. I don't know why I said about. We have exactly 20 WWE storyline couples, some better than the others. We have several tiers here. We have the best, lovely, 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 all right, just about bearable, get in the bin. And we're going to rank these, Sam, based on the success they had together, how nice they were together in storyline, just how lovey-dovey all things are. Because as we all know, me and Sam are husband and husband, and we are well, we are all of those things, aren't we, Sam? Yeah, so yesterday was one year to the day since we got married. The tw- was it the, tw- the 28th of May? Is that the anniversary? 28th of May, yeah. Bloody hell, how does time fly? But we do have a big announcement to make at the end of the video and don't you tell me that's not Gary YouTubing from page three <laughs> of the textbook wait until the end to find something out that is really really inconsequential and completely meaningless but we're going to start things off Sam with Santino Morella and Beth Phoenix otherwise known as Glamorella when I say Glamorella to you what pops into your dirty head I, I I just see Santino winding Beth Phoenix up and then Beth Phoenix getting a bit aggro with him, maybe roughing him around a little bit, and then all of a sudden they end up kissing. I just remember that that kept happening. It would be like backwards and forwards in an argument, and then all of a sudden they'd be smooching. There was like 
she'd make her entrance and he'd come out and gently try and pat her on the behind and she'd get angry with him. And then there were times where she just beat the crap. But I, 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 honestly, it's just such a mental... Yeah. <laughs> well, Santino in a love angle, it, it works he so loved well. The, he, he loved a love angle, Santino, because this one came after the one that Santino had with Maria, which we haven't included in this little thing we're doing here. But this were, I think this was trying to recreate the magic that Santino and Marella, uh, Maria had, sorry. And it didn't, yeah. quite, it didn't quite hit... It obviously had its moments, but it didn't quite hit yeah. the heights that Santino and Maria did. It started when Santino issued an open challenge on Raw. Who would announce the... Uh, up, uh, accept the challenge, sorry. It would be Beth Phoenix. They would have yeah. a wrestle. Then Santino would lose to D'Lo Brown the following, le- uh, following week, sorry, and Beth confronted him. They grappled for a bit, and then they kissed. Yes, which is which is weird because when you think about it, this was like 2007, 2008, around that time, I. Yeah, and then you just you just throw a name like D'Lo Brown in, and you completely forget that D'Lo just kept popping back up. He had that really inconsequential return, didn't he? When he had the singlet on Raw and stuff and everywhere. I like D'Lo Brown. Me, who doesn't like D'Lo Brown? He was fantastic in Dark Side of the Ring, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, he was absolutely great. He was like the breakout star of that episode. Mm. And then uh, the heights, I think, of this partnership in terms of, like, you know, in-ring success. Uh, the pair of, well, the Glamorella pair defeated Kofi Kingston, Mickey James at SummerSlam, winning the women's and intercontinental titles in the same thing. That's some success. <laughs> that is some success. Like, a lot of couples will go on to just have angles without any gold or without anything else like that. A lot of couples will just sort of be a two-week thing, three-week thing, and then disappear. That's what I was but, hoping me and you would be, Sam. But no, we're still sat here well, a year later, still married. We're not really a couple, are we? We just sort of got married. <laughs> it's like we keep forgetting. The magic's gone. Um, <laughs> and after a lot of tomfoolery, we made it all the way through until WrestleMania 25, and this is where the relationship turned sour, when Santina... The twin sister of Santino yes. rocked up and won that battle royal. Beth became angry and went, see you later, Santina, <laughs> you bitch. And it, well, the Santina thing's just tasteless anyway. But, uh, yeah, it, it's it's such a weird one to start with this because it's, it's just one of those proper fringe relationships <laughs> in WWE. Um what, what are you thinking for it? I, I reckon it's, it's at least lovely. I, I was going to say at least lovely, lovely, lovely. I think yeah. we, we start off... We're going to obviously rejig it at the end, but I think just to, you know, with it being the first one, I think Glamorella yeah. is the definition of lovely, lovely, lovely. Unless it becomes the definition well, of the best. <laughs> sometimes sometimes it was a bit weird, sometimes it didn't quite work, but then sometimes it was really funny and it made you smile. So that's sort of like, you got to weigh up those things and that's the thing they when, had some success. When you think about Glamorella and that every time they reference it on WWE TVs and uh, the countdowns and whatnot, it's always sort of looked back on with fondness. Yeah. So I guess yeah. that means it's in lovely, lovely, lovely. And next up we have... A bit of a, I guess it's a bit more monumental in terms of relationships. We have uh, Lady Bowles and Triple H. Oh, well, this is, I mean, in terms of success, <laughs> there's, there's nothing There's nothing greater in the wrestling industry in terms of couple power. No. So, yeah, I mean, they're iconic. The storylines have been involved with. Some of them have been great. Some of them have been dreadful, but they've been around for years. Well, like, I think there's there's nowhere but the best for these two. <laughs> Where do you rank how they got together in terms of being good and or bad? Because I'll run you through it, Sam. It happened after a storyline where Vince McMahon had Stephanie abducted by The Undertaker and then they were going to have some sort of unholy marriage. Stone Cold saves the day. Steph then gets in a relationship with Tess. Steph was, like, lovely back here. You couldn't hate Stephanie McMahon back here. She was just... She was about five years old. She wasn't five years old. She was about... <laughs> 
19 something years old maybe yeah. and she was just like oh an innocent sweet girl next door kind of thing yeah. even though she was the daughter of Vince McMahon relationship with Test then we had the love or leave her match between Shane and Test at SummerSlam then we get to the in-ring wedding between Test and Stephanie Tri- <laughs> Triple H walks out and shows that he took Steph to Vegas and despite being initially pure angry about being well, is date rape the right word? She he, he, Well yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, she was drugged, she was she was she was at least like you know, spiked or something. She was spiked, she was unconscious in the car, Triple H went to the, the little white chapel, got in, uh, got in, uh, married without her knowing. <laughs> but despite being angry, it all turned out that Stephanie was in on the ruse. She was and in on it all along, yeah. And did it to get back at Vince. <laughs> so the McMahon Helmsley uh, era I mean, began. Yeah, and with that came some great moments. With that's come some very hard, very trying times as wrestling fans. But come on, Ross, they got married in Vegas, so did we. Banger in the best. Oh God, banger in the best. What a sentence They've that is. They've got taste. <laughs> they, are, they do belong in the best. I mean, we have, we'd have to go through the McMahon Hells. We even had the stuff for mankind. Yeah. The love truck. I guess this is where we could rank it down a bit because they all they've had a few problems along the way, as we all do in relationships. Yeah. We had the stuff for Kurt Angle, where Kurt Angle sort of wormed his way in for a bit, and Steph ended up managing Kurt Angle for a bit. Triple H obviously took exception to this, and then. It was around the 2002 angle they did with Chris Jericho, where, of course, Jericho played second fiddle to Steffi McMahon's dog, who uh, got ran yes. over in the end, dressed in peace and all that I, stuff. <laughs> I, loved, I loved the dog angle. Uh, is that the... Wait, is that the Triple H dog angle? The, the divorce angle? The divorce angle, where Stephanie, yeah. Stephanie McMahon hired an actor who I think he was doing commercials for, like, I don't know, some sort of hotel resort holiday thing, uh, to fake a pregnancy... Stephanie faked getting pregnant. Uh, I think it was Linda McMahon found the tape and was like, Triple H, oh. I, need to, I need to show you something here. Triple H puts the VHS in and he's like, oh, welcome to Sandals. And he's like, oh my God, the doctor is also a hotel rep, a, a holiday rep, whatever they want to call it. So either faked the, uh, faked the pregnancy, they were then going to renew the wedding vows and then Triple H came up with that line, which I, I still find spine tingling to this day. You no good lying bitch. We are through. <laughs> then he destroys the set in the ring. And then if you want to, I guess, bring the issues in they had him with Randy Orton, a psychopath breaking into houses yeah. and stuff and kissing Stephanie. Then you had the, the weird like power trip period as well with the uh, the authority, that entire angle. Oh, God. That uh, went you up. had Steph at Mania 32 just standing on top of a big stone shouting at people. Yeah. <laughs> They've, uh, they've they've had some crazy moments, for sure. Yeah, that was a very good share impression, I reckon, from her. In terms of look, anyway. But I think we, we have to put Stephanie and Triple H in the best. Oh, like, they've had without their, question. They've had their issues, but they've, they've stayed together through thick and thin. They're, they're probably the most iconic wrestling couple that exists. Yeah. Like, because they're, they're, of the real-world ramifications of their relationship, they're probably the most famous, I'd say. Oh, Other than, obviously, we had John Cena and Nikki Bella, but... Oh, that didn't. That's not in this. That's not in this video. That's too awkward. <laughs> too awkward. Turtle shaky palm tree. That. <laughs> so next up, Sam, we have. Uh, it's not a controversial one at all. We have Kane and Lita. <laughs> so this storyline begins where Kane was sort of threatening to harm Lita endlessly. Matt Hardy, who was at the time Lita's boyfriend. I don't yeah. think they were married. I don't think they ever got married, did they, in real life? I don't think they were ever married, now. So they got, uh, Matt Hardy would obviously defend Lita from being harassed by Kane. That would kick off a storyline. Uh, Kane would repeatedly attack Hardy and slash seduce Lita, I've got written down here. And I don't know what, every time Kane would do this, he would laugh. 
And it, ooh, yeah, they give it me was, the willies. It was so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. So uncomfortable, which was the point, but it was just so uncomfortable. But then we got to a weird point in time where Kane was tying up Lita backstage and then somehow wrangled her in women's championship shot. It was, yeah. it was you know, you give and take in relationships, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it all came to like a, a horrible end, like a very uncomfortably horrible end. It, it's just... It was one of those weird periods that, because like not long after this, we had the live sex celebration. We had like <laughs> more on that later. We're going to cover Edge and Lita as well. Don't worry. But uh, yes, as Sam said, things got awkward very quickly. Lita revealed she was pregnant, and then because of that, Matt Hardy was going to propose to Lita. But then Kane came in like a wrecking ball, a baldy, baldy ball, and claimed that he was the father. And it turned out <laughs> that Kane was indeed the father. Then we <laughs> we got to a, to a death do us part match at SummerSlam where Kane won. He beat Matt Hardy, which meant that Lita had to marry Kane. But Lita didn't like it's... Kane, so she rocked him to the wedding in a black dress while Kane had the sassiest, <laughs> most pristine white suit I've ever seen on a man. It was fantastic. This is like peak wrestling relationship in terms of the fact that it's like it's like a Mexican soap opera, like a telenovela. Like just when you think it can't get any worse, like somebody else walks through the door and it's like, <gasps> it, oh, but <laughs> this one got worse, sir, because everyone oh, loves did. everyone loves a miscarriage angle in the wrestling. I don't know why they do these when there's real life issues yeah. for people. God Almighty! It, the me. thing is, the thing is, it's not like it's not even like it's not a proven commodity. Like they've done this before, and it's never worked. It's uncomfortable. It's not something you can make light of. Like it's. And so when they put it in the story, whether they were trying to make light of it or not, when it's framed in a wrestling show, which is inherently mental, like, it it just, you can't, you can't look at that and go, that's a good story. No, so obviously around this time, Lita was accompanying came to the ring to do his matches. She would cost him matches, she would get involved in matches, and then it would end up in a scenario where Snitsky was involved... And it wasn't his fault. Oh, believe him, it wasn't his fault. He hits Kane with a chair in the back, I think it was. Kane then flopped forward onto a pregnant Lita. They then both tumbled down, and the 300-pound Kane landing on the pregnant lady causes a miscarriage. And what a lovely story. <laughs> yeah, it, the thing, because that, that was pretty much it. That was, there was a little bit of feuding back and forth with Snitsky and the blame being shifted and all of this stuff, but then... That's just sort of it. It's it's like a horrible thing to leave with these characters and then have them move on to a new set of storylines. It did give us Snitsky punting the baby. Yeah, that was but... a moment. That was a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, it did last longer than I uh, remember because it lasted all the way through until the following May when Lita, hel- Lita held Edge defeat Kane in the finals of a Raw Gold Rush tournament. Christ. Yeah, I never realised it went that far. No, it's a, why? It's a, going on for a year, which I find unbelievable. And obviously, after filing for divorce, Lita would throw all kinds of insults at Kane, including claiming that Kane was like a fourth grader in the bedroom. How she knew that is up to that, anybody's interpretation. That's Sam. another. That's an entirely <laughs> other uncomfortable line. Like, what are they doing? <laughs> So where, where where do you want to go? I mean... Who's writing that script? I know. This is like... It's Coronation Street. It's Emma Dale. It's EastEnders. All the crappy soaps you want to name in wrestling, which by the most part is fantastic, but I yeah. agree with you. Why they go to the sort of miscarriage angles and sort of bring that up for people who have actually been through that horrible sort of thing, I've got no idea. But where do you want to put Kane and Lita? Oh, I, the thing is, because it was still... 
very good work by the pair of them, despite the fact they both had to work with such an awkward, awful end to that story. I'd say that the bottom of all right, top of bearable. I'll go bottom of all right because it did, it did, it, it did, did have yield its moments. some like moments. Yeah, it was memorable as well, but like sometimes it was a bit like, oh, oh. yeah, it was a bit like. Kill Can it. you do that? Kill it with fire. So next up, Sam, we're moving on to a, a less heralded relationship from WWE storyline past. We have a relationship between Tajiri and Tori Wilson. See, I remember the loose bones of this one. I don't quite remember the ins and outs. Well, but I remember the loose bones of it. As far as I can recall, because I remember one of the first VHSs I got, because I got a good school report, so I used to get some presents. And a present yeah. one year was Backlash 2002. And Tajiri was walking out with Tori Wilson, and Tori Wilson had like one of the geisha robe thingies on. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, that's a bit weird. And that's always stuck with me for some reason. But uh, <laughs> I, I just think they got together during the invasion angle. And that was it. Yeah. That was just how they got together. And then they were obviously nice together for a bit, but it was sort of like the Miro, uh, the Mark Miro Sable angle where Tajiri got jealous of all the attention that his girlfriend was getting. And so he started yeah. to be a dick to her. He started making her wearing that outfit to cover her body. Oh, yeah. And then she he had was, to, like, hide her shame and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, it was, yeah. She was being too sexy. Was this was Tori with the company by this point, or was she? She came across in the invasion, right? Yeah, this was like in heading yeah. into two thousand and two. This, yeah. So like this, obviously, it's a big program for somebody that's coming in off the invasion, which is pretty amazing for the fact that they had uh, a lot of women on the roster with WCW, and you could pick anybody to pick Tori Wilson. Mm. Uh, yeah, but she had, she had been in relationships before. She had the one with uh, Billy Kidman, obviously, in WCW. Yeah. Super Brawl 2000, she was there with uh, Billy Kim and Wally Wrestling Vampiro. That was the first wrestling VHS of, of an event I had. <laughs> there was, but, uh, she liked the relationship, did Tori? I think she got married recently in real life. What am I saying? That's besides the point when I'm here to talk about that. <laughs> um, but uh, this relationship would obviously come to an end where Tori would end up costing Chijiri in a match. And then she did that, Sam, by going bollocks to this. I'm sick of having my flesh covered up by clothes. I'm going to stand up on the announce table and strip <laughs> and Vince falls off a chair backstage because <laughs> <laughs> it was Stacey Keelberg when he was in the ring and he did the famous like oh, yeah. and it fell down imagine he was just backstage alone doing that that's a nice mental image anyway <laughs> Tajiri he requested that everybody leave Gorilla he's like I want this moment for myself <laughs> <laughs> Tajiri and Tory Wilson when they were being nice to each other I know I was about ten at the time, maybe, but or nine. Yeah, uh, it was. I didn't. I can't remember feeling much. I, that was a weird sentence to say. I can't remember. It's, you know, when you think, ah, oh, they're a nice yeah, couple together. The, the, there was no connection to the story. <laughs> no. But then that being said, at the time, it was like I imagine what watching like a NASCAR race is like. Watching uh, if you were like aware of what was going on at the time, because we were kids, obviously, so we were just like, yeah, WCW versus WWF. But like. Watching all of these stories just get smashed together. If you have any like perception of that at the time, must have been, yeah, just just insanity. Yeah, I guess the the breakup was memorable. Um, <laughs> so where do you? Re- I reckon. Phew, it's if we're putting Kane and Lita in all right, this is going to be lower than that. Yeah, I think it's going to be lower than all right. I'd say bearable. It was fine yeah. for what it was. It was something for the pair of them to do. But I think we all because we all loved Tajiri when he was already in Regal. Yeah. And then Tory Wilson obviously would go on to do bigger and better things on our own, I guess. So I guess bearable's about right. And then next up, we're moving on to a big one, which is Edge 
and Vicky Guerrero, which started off <laughs> started off where Vicky was punishing, and I say <clears throat> punishing like that because, like Stephanie, she was pardon me, <laughs> she was in on it all along. She punished Edge for his interference in the championship match in Survivor Series by making him the number one contender for the World Heavyweight Title. Um, but this was all a ruse because we then found out that Vicky had been, you know, she'd been banging. I sound like Jim off there Friday night, didn't I? <laughs> having sex, Jackie. Having sex with Edge behind the scenes. And this was all a plan. But basically, Vicky was vac- uh, facilitating Edge's boner for the World Heavyweight title. Right. She, uh, I, I just remember hating her so much. Yeah. Just so much. It's so good to see her back in AEW. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it's just... How she got so much heat with just two words. And just the shrieking and the shouting and the clear transparency that Edge doesn't care about her at all. Like, oh, it was, it was just, it was class. It really, really was. I mean, the pop when Vicky came out, uh, she was in a rumble, wasn't she? Yeah. Was it, when was that? Was that Evolution? Oh, I've got no idea. She was was, back in the day, wasn't she? Like a sort of early. yeah, I just meant the modern one where all you heard was "excuse me" and the whole crowd just went. Pfft. I think it was the first one. Yeah, it's so. That's I think it's just testament how good she was because obviously she's Vic. Well, she was Vicky Eddie Guerrero's wife. Yeah, and that was it. And Eddie, that was, that was Eddie Guerrero was obviously is beloved, and then she came along, and you think, oh, it's Eddie's wife. <clears throat> like we can't boo her, and then she was like, then, she was unbearable. <laughs> yeah, and then she's Eddie's. She's Eddie's wife, and. And then she's starting a relationship with Edge, who you're supposed to not like. And it, it's just like proper, it, it plays on your emotions if you were a fan of Eddie. And it plays on like how irritating she is. And you can see that Edge is so like just using the situation. Yeah, I think this is great. Yeah. What, what, what took this thing to the next level is when Undertaker attacked Vicky. She was off, because uh, yeah, Edge and Undertaker were sort of feuding for the World Heavyweight title around this time, like initially. Uh, yeah. And Vicky was attacked by the Undertaker and then came back in the wheelchair. The wheelchair is what made Vicky Guerrero <laughs> even better than she already was. Because I don't know what it is. It's the authoritarian just sitting in the wheelchair. I like Vince. It that. It's like Vince when he can't move his legs at the Royal Rumble in 2005. The fact that he can't yeah. move and he's just going, there's just something about that visual that's just absolutely fantastic. Um, so obviously then we had La Familia, that thing happened, Bam nearly stole every single show he was on, and then everything started to unravel when Edge actually proposed to Vicky, in storyline of course, um, the pair got married, and while they were doing so, Triple H rap came out again, showed a video, he loved doing this during sort of wedding <laughs> ceremonies and whatnot, and he showed an, uh, a video of Edge necking on with the wedding planner who was Alicia Fox. Bloody hell. That's the second time Triple H has done something like this. I, it's just, it's such an attitude or a trope though, isn't it? It's like, I'm cutting a promo. This thing's happening. There's an event going on in the ring. Music hits. Oh no, there isn't. And then they point at the screen. <laughs> but then this, uh, unbelievably, I guess unbelievably at the time, you would feel sorry for Vicky. Vicky became a yeah. fan favourite. She then reinstalled The Undertaker and then put Edge inside Hell in a Cell with Taker. <laughs> that was nice. They were nice. Those Hell in a Cell matches with Undertaker and Edge were fantastic, though, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, well, it's just, just perfection. I, I can't wait personally for the greatest wrestling match ever. 
Yeah. I, I, I want to know what it's going to be. I thought, I, I thought I was going to go through one video without hearing that phrase, but thanks for ruining I'm, that, Sam. I'm, I'm properly just, because I, I, I just cover SmackDown, so I'm like on a little island here. Like, me and Steph are just sat going like, what's this match going to be? And then you're all like covering it and like, oh, I, can't, I don't want to talk about it. It's just, because like, Orton, do you see Orton's Instagram share about his plane? Yeah, he bought a private jet, which, yeah, I find... But he's rich, in, in but is hashtag, he private jet rich? I bring it up because in the hashtags of that, he's like, hashtag greatest, hashtag match ever, whatever. And he says, uh, hashtag hate, but I don't blame you or something like that. He's not even <laughs> on board with it. What are they doing? I don't understand. That's besides <laughs> the point. But this wouldn't be the end for Edge and Vicky Guerrero because they were just they were just too smitten to be apart from each other. They would get back together. But then things would go all blazing squad, Sam. They would flip reverse because Vicky would then be caught in the act cheating with who, Sam? Can you remember? Can you remember who Vicky Guerrero was necking on with backstage to cheat on Edge? I can't even remember, no. It was the star of Netflix's big show show, The Big Show. (laughs) (laughs) John Cena this time was the one to have the videotape. How these wrestlers get these videotapes, I have no idea. Uh, So it was going to be Big Show versus Edge for the title, I think, at WrestleMania 25. Cena then did this, uh, spilled all the guts, all that malarkey, and then he got added to the match to make it a triple threat. And then we got to a period of time where Vicky had the, the, the opportunity to be either SmackDown or Raw GM. Edge was on SmackDown. She was like, bugger you, Edge. I'm going to Raw. See you later. And that was the end. I, I, I completely forgot that last bit. Like, there was a second wave of the story. It was in the- I just get so bogged down in the big lump at the start. It was in the locker room somewhere, just Vicky and Big Show sharing a passionate kiss. <laughs> oh, the things you see in wrestling, eh? But where are we saying for... I think this is a, it's at least one of the top two tiers. It just yeah, worked. It's it's, just, it was old school. It, was, it just worked. Yeah, and it, it was just such a, an effective way to use both people. Um... Top a lovely, 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 or does it go bottom of the best? We'll go. I think we go bottom of the best. Bottom of the best. I love the partnership. And so next up, we move on to tumultuous relationships. Well, one of them. No, we've got a few coming (laughs) up now. AJ Lee and Daniel Bryan. Sam, what's your abiding memory from this one? Uh, well, I always remember Bryan breaking up with her because that's just really horrible. And then she gets her revenge in the end, but it, it's the it's the kiss. It's the that's the pivotal moment is the mania kiss. Yeah, because obviously Brian, they're sort of together, and then they're together, and then she gives him a good luck kiss. Brian kisses her, and then gets smashed in like eighteen seconds by Big Shamey B. So it's like that's probably the thing that sticks out the most. But yeah, Brian blames her for it. Eventually breaks up with her. She gets a GM role, and then makes his life hell. And CM Punk's. Yeah, there's a bit of marriage going on in the middle as well. It just pepper every trope in. Why not <laughs> <laughs> get Jake the Snake to rock up? <laughs> Ruin the after party. The start of this one was so endearing for me because obviously they got together on TV, and then yeah. AJ was. I don't know if it was pretty much straight away, but it was early on. She was like, "I love you, Daniel Bryan," and then Daniel Bryan was like, "I appreciate that. Thank you." <laughs> I love you, in a way. <laughs> he would never say it back to her, the poor lass. <laughs> but uh, then it would, it, would, it would go on and things got weird quickly because I think AJ got knocked out by the big show, didn't she? And then that sort of... Yeah, it's like an accidental... Did, did somebody move or was it a chair shot or something? Yeah, it was something along those lines. It yeah. was, yeah, not, not, not a, not a WMD. Like, yeah, it was like she, she took an accidental thing from big show. She was, it wasn't intended for her. 
and it, yeah. Yeah, and then, do, we, do we just become more and more horrible to her in the mid, in the middle of matches and whatnot? She's there going, "I love you, bride." She'll be like, "Shut up, you silly goose!" <laughs> I'm trying to concentrate <laughs> and do my technical wrestling. Daniel Bryan was a 12 year old boy who obviously lived at home with his mom and his mom just wanted wow, to come. <laughs> she just wanted to come down for tea and meet the new boyfriend. That's all she wanted to do. But he was like, "No, I'm not having it." I don't know what I'm saying here. And then obviously we, we spoke about WrestleMania 28. There, uh, the relationship came to an end. Soon after WrestleMania 28, because Brian was obviously pissed off that AJ Lee cost him yeah. the World Heavyweight Championship, but in turn set him off on a career that'll be in the Hall of Fame one day. Yeah, <laughs> so and, 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 has, and, and, and she she's not Hall of Fame. She deserves to be Hall of Fame too. Oh, of course like, she does. She's the yeah. one. She's the one who started this whole women's revolution, evolution thing. With actually... no, she's not. Stephanie McMahon invented <laughs> women's wrestling in 2016 at WrestleMania 32. Hey, just in case there's people watching who don't know, if AJ Lee didn't tweet that, none of it would have happened. That's all I'm saying. She needs all the props in the world. That woman. Yeah. Uh, but then AJ would AJ would focus her attentions on Kane. And CM Punk, we got into that storyline, Sam. She helped CM Punk win the title at No Way Out by distracting Kane and Triple Threat. And also had Brian in, obviously. And then while Punk was resisting AJ, all sorts of buggery was happening. Before AJ proposed to Punk, Punk said no. Brian, who must have been missing AJ with all of his heart, he said yes. But then AJ left Brian after Vince McMahon offers her the Raw General Manager's job. Yeah. We had... Oh! <laughs> so I think Brian even here. pleads with her at one point to marry him, and she says no, I think. Yeah. On one of the, yeah, and it's like, she gets that job, but then she uses a position, she turns it round, back on Brian and back on Punk, mainly. She sort of just lets them have it. So then we... Yeah, but Brian ended up obviously getting in with uh, Kane. Not, not in that way. Team Hell, <laughs> Team Hell No started. That was a thing. And obviously AJ would make their life a living hell. But what a mess. Yeah. What a bloody mess. Yeah, it's, it's a cluster, all right. It, it's properly, like... It's weird going back and watching Daniel Bryan, who, like... Like, we've got such a, a, a look on Daniel Bryan now, and he's, he's, like, such a character, and he's he's, like... You know his entrance, you know everything about him, but like going back and seeing him just be horrible. Yeah. And I think at one point when he tells her, when he breaks up with her, you get a little glimpse into future Daniel Bryan because he's like slagging her off and he's like, You go get in your gas guzzling SUV, you don't care about. <laughs> and he's like just running her down, and you get, yeah, a little bit of eco warrior peppered in there years before. So where are we going with this? Obviously, they did have some. Su- it's a weird one, this, because they did have success, they did have failure. Feel- yeah, and it's a memorable, it's a really memorable storyline, but it's like, I wouldn't class it as like iconic, so I wouldn't maybe put it in the top two. Are we going all right? Is that too harsh? Uh, maybe maybe it is too harsh. Maybe bottom of lovely. Let's put bottom of lovely. Oh, yeah. no, I've done that thing where the table's moved. I missed my mouse. I do apologise for the edit, <laughs> Sam. Um... It's all right, don't worry. <laughs> so we have Daniel Bryan and AJ in all right, because it was endearing. That was yeah. the, it was horrible to watch for AJ, if you were a massive fan of AJ at points, because you just want Daniel Bryan to say it back, but he never quite did until he proposed to her. Uh, so <laughs> next up, Sam, <laughs> we, uh, we'll have uh, Al Wilson and Dawn Marie. Oh. And oh, this one's just perfection. I asked around the office the other day, like, oh, just throw any, um, any of the more notable WWE storyline relationships at me so I can put them in this tier ranking thing. And Justin Henry told me a thing I did not know. Sam, did you see it? 
No, what is it? So, we obviously all know, the first thing you, that comes into mind when you hear Al Wilson and Dawn Marie is the wedding ceremony in the ring. For some reason, 95-year-old Al Wilson is in massive comedy Y-fronts and nothing else in the ring. Dawn Marie is in lingerie. Um, apparently during That's that, a wedding, mate. That's a wedding. Apparent, well, we thank we God didn't it, go with those lengths, but we should have. Thank God it wasn't, because that would have been demonetised <laughs> straight away. Um, Are you telling me you wouldn't like to see me in lingerie? <laughs> Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Um, but <laughs> Al, Al had two willies, Sam. Uh, one was what? Pre- one was, Al had... According to Justin Henry of cultaholic.com, he and I'm not going to doubt anything that Justin says here, Justin reckons that Al had one prosthetic willie inside of his pants, just, you know, for, for giggles, I guess. But the just other to, one... Just to pack some meat. <laughs> but the other one was a, a legit semi that Dawn gave him while he was stood in the ring next to her. And I don't know if the, the, the second one there was to sort of shield the fact there was a, a semi by the sea in, in Al's undercrackers, but uh, apparently he had two, he had two willies in, in his drawers there. So when you go back and watch that segment, and no doubt fap everywhere all over it, there's something to think about and to ponder. Al Wilson, two willies. But this one, Sam, to get away from that... Was... Hang, just hang up. <laughs> just imagine getting a semi in front of like twenty thousand people <laughs> in t- your underpants. It's, he's doing. It. I tell you what, for a man of that vintage, he was doing well to do it oh. anyway. This is this is yeah. a time before Blue Chew and wrestling was married hand in hand. <laughs> Blue Chew, have you seen Blue Chew on pro wrestling tees? No. <laughs> They've got their own page. What does sell it their say? own merch? What does it say? Just blue two T-shirts and oh, stuff, just stuff hell. with the brand logo on it. Imagine walking down the street with one of them. <laughs> anyway, so this one all came about because Dawn Marie wanted a slice of Tory Wilson. So she thought, what's the best way to get Tory Wilson to be mine? I'm going to marry her old dad. Get under the skin. Yeah. 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 It was a proper memorable storyline. It was, it was just a lot of very sort of soft filter backstage vignettes. A lot of uh, saxophone going on. A lot of uh, interesting, just <laughs> bewildering. I remember being like, who is this man? Like, I think I missed a couple of episodes. Like, who is this guy? And then they kept saying Al Wilson. That to like connect the dots. I think she said in the promo, like, dad. And I was like, okay, right. The worst but, thing about it all is it was, it was it's Tory Wilson's actual dad. Yeah, was, that's I, the imagine thing. Like, doing he's, that with he's actually... <laughs> It's not, not. It's not like Randy Orton, who they've given five different wives. They've had like five different actresses play her. But like, this is just straight up Tori Wilson's dad, just with a semi in the middle <laughs> and a prosthetic Willie just to cover it up. But so Dawn gets engaged. Oh my god! Dawn gets engaged to Al to get to Tori. But then Dawn comes up with a proposal where she says, Tori, if you come and meet me in this hotel room, I'll break off the engagement with your father. But despite going to, uh, I forget which pay-per-view it was on, but it was on a pay-per-view. Dawn is in the, uh, in the hotel room, dressed scantily in lingerie and whatnot. Tori comes in, Dawn takes off a leather jacket. Uh, things happened, the teenage, the teenage boy in me was, oof. Oof. Awfully confused. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't confused. Anyway, um, so yeah, this, this edge during the pay-per-view, but obviously cut off before things got a bit too raunchy. But despite doing all of that, Dawn stayed with Al. She took all of the pie here. <laughs> That's a turn of phrase. And she then we... took all of the pie. <laughs> wow. All of the Wilson pie, all of the slices. <laughs> uh, Al and Dawn got married on SmackDown in their pants. 
Al had two willies, which is something I can't get out of your head. And then, and then we fast forward a bit through oh. time. We get to the honeymoon. I forget where Dawn and Al went to, but essentially, it's no. There's no easy way to say this, Sam. So I'm glad you sat down. Dawn Marie shagged Al Wilson to death. Um, she gave. Well, she made him have a heart attack in the midst of having intercourse. But it's okay, though, because Tony oh. beat Dawn twice in wrestling matches on pay-per-views. So she That's... came out on top in the end. Her dad might have passed away in storyline, <coughs> but she got two wrestling wins, so that's okay. I mean, it's, it's testament to Dawn Marie there that Al died of exhaustion. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Uh, that's, it's just such a wrestling story, isn't it? It's just the like, Im- it's, it's the image. I, don't, it's, I can't think it's of It's like another... the side plot in an episode of Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> it's like it, it's proper like how do they even I know we'll do this and this and then we'll get Al Wilson and then <laughs> but oh, Christ it's hard to put in this we're, we're ranking this obviously uh, on sort of the success of the relationship how lovey-dovey they were yeah this, this was never lovey-dovey between Al and Dawn but it's just the images of Al and Dawn together and Al and Dawn in there and the crackers and Tory yeah. Tory and Dawn and oof <laughs> <laughs> Where are we saying for this one? I'd ah, oh, this one's top two for sure. <laughs> I just for the simple fact that that Al Wilson died of exhaustion. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's oh, should we go lovely, lovely, lovely? I think. Uh, well, let's let, uh, hold on. <laughs> Can we, we really put it in lovely, lovely? Should lovely, we? Should right? we? Should we change the way we do this tier? Should we just do it as like how the storyline went, and how it made us feel? <laughs> Yeah, screw it. We'll be doing that anyway so throughout. Kate, so, so Kane, I think, needs to come up. Kane and Lita. Yeah. Should we put them up in lovely, lovely, lovely? I think Kane and Lita are in lovely, 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 but bottom of lovely, lovely, Bottom lovely. of lovely, lovely, lovely. Alan yeah. Dawn. Should we put Alan Dawn in the best? <laughs> no. Nobody's going to be angry about that, are they? Put Alan Dawn in the best. Let's the guy got Alan shagged Dawn to death. in the best. Al got shagged to death. Al, the... <laughs> in memory, in memory of storyline Al Wilson. <laughs> Yeah, he's in the best with Wilson. I think he passed away in real life recently. He so did of pass course. away recently, yeah. yeah, as well. Rest in peace, Big Al. We all, I'll never forget that, though. So next up, Sam, we're moving on to Dolph Ziggler and Vicky Guerrero, and this was all about Vicky Guerrero trying to make Ziggler the world champion. This was just a, a retread of the Edge storyline. Uh, you know, different flavour to it, but it was... It was utter, it was memorable, but it wasn't as memorable as that. Like Ziggler works well as like the the, the chicken poo heel, uh, and having an authority figure that he could manipulate gently worked really well with his character. I quite liked that, but ultimately it was a bit unfor- uh, unforgettable, unmemorable, and uh, and it was a bit trying toward the end. It yeah. felt a bit like it was going on for a long time. Yeah. Uh, so Vicky and Dolph are together on TV as boyfriend and girlfriend, but then oh. Caitlin, remember Caitlin from back in the day? Oh, that's a name I have not heard in many years. She made a she made a brief comeback. Was it in the May Young Classic recently? She made a, a, a brief comeback. She's a I yeah. follow her her dog Simon is fantastic. Anyway, little Boston Terrier, all fantastic <laughs> dog. Anyway, I love Boston Terrier. Caitlin was caught kissing Vicky Guerrero's boyfriend Dolph Ziggler, and despite that, they stayed together for a bit. That's because Caitlin kissed Dolph, I'd imagine. Yeah. That's what Dolph probably told Vicky. Oh. Yeah. What did I say? Yeah, no, I reckon that I reckon that Dolph will have gone to Vicky being like, Caitlin kissed me. I didn't have anything oh, to do with Oh, I see this. what you're saying. Uh, yeah, yeah, but then we had sort of... I'm trying to think of the other sort of, like, the memorable moments during this feud. We had a, a, a coronation for Ziggler. 
where he was just going to be handed the World Heavyweight Championship, uh, but he was thwarted. What a lovely word by Teddy Long, who reinstated Edge, who obviously had been feuding with Vicky and all that malarkey yeah. after being married. And then Teddy would end up firing both Ziggler and Vicky, which is a bit... It's a, for a couple. Oh, that's a heavy one to take. They're not a good tag team, though, are they? You can't really put them in any matchups, so they don't bring much to the table for a Teddy Long regime. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's got to be good to go. You've got to have a signature with everybody else on the roster. That's all he wanted, player, player. But then we get through that. WrestleMania 27 happens. Ziggler wins the US title from Kofi after that. And then there's a brief period where Vicky was managing Jack Swagger, but then eventually she would get back with Dolph. And obviously Jack Swagger would have said, Sam, But then we get to the end of this storyline, which I'm agreeing with you here. It's, it's not as good as maybe you might think it was, after, especially after the Edge one, which sort of overshadowed yeah. it completely. Ziggler went off with AJ Lee. And he said AJ Styles there. Ziggler went <laughs> off with AJ Lee. But then AJ was fired for canoodling with an unnamed superstar, which many people thought was John Cena at the time, but it didn't turn out to be John Cena. It turned out to be who? Champank. It was Dolph. It was Dolph? Yeah. I thought you were talking shoot there for a second. No, 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 this is storyline still. <laughs> I was Everything say. we're talking about here is storyline. <laughs> I was going to be like, I didn't, I didn't know that she got in trouble for dating CM Punk. I didn't. I was going to be like, what's this? <laughs> I said this was it would all it would all come crashing down and hurt inside. It was end sort of it was a tag team match where the tag team of John Cena and Vicky Guerrero defeated Dolph Ziggler and AJ Lee, and that was sort of where it all came to the end. That's where yeah. we put the boats. I'm going to say it all right, maybe. Yeah, it's got its moments, it but got its it, moments. it sort of it just it starts off. Quite high with expectations because we've already seen what Vicky can do in a relationship angle, and then it just slowly—it's not as if it takes a nosedive; it just slowly does that all the way down. Yeah, and it goes on and on and on. Yeah, oh, that's the thing. They always say in football, for a football manager, never go back to a club you've managed before. Kevin Keegan should never have come back to Newcastle United, etc., no. etc. And I tell you, I think that's the same sort of thing here with Vicky Guerrero and managing heels on Smackety Down. So next up, Sam, <laughs> Mark Henry and May Young. Uh, best, best, best. They, they, they had a child, which was a hand, which can now probably actually wrestle. So this, I, d- I don't know about you, but the thing, obviously, aside from the hand, which was a joke, apparently how uh, Vince was making a joke that apparently to pleasure yourself, if you were a lady back in the day, you would use prosthetic hands. So the joke was the hand had been inside yeah, of me so for I, many, I'd... many years. There's a really funny conversation between Pritchard and Conrad about this, where Conrad's just, just peeing himself, laughing in disbelief. But yeah, it's apparently got something to do with uh, rubber hands or something like that are used as, uh, you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to say the thing that sticks out in my mind about this feud was that scene. Well, it was a few times where Mark kept saying, we were speaking about the testament of Dawn Marie's cardio in the bedroom, we'll say, for killing in storyline Al Wilson. Mark Henry always used to say that Mae Young wore him out. That's the thing I that mean, stuck in my mind. <laughs> I mean, she was like, Vince next year will be the same age, I think. I think I read this a couple of days ago. Vince next year will be the same age that Mae Young was when she went off the stage through the tables. Uh, and if May can go off the stage through tables at that age, 
Then I dare like to bet she's she's got a lot of energy and a, she's she's hard to control. Mae Young was fantastic, <laughs> but that's... she can't be tamed. She's she's wild and free, and she's 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 seventy eight. <laughs> I was looking right. I was because I I can't rem- I couldn't remember. Sorry, before slightly researching this uh, few uh, this storyline. Sorry, how they got together, and apparently there was a thing about Mark Henry being a sex addict. When yes, he, so. he was going through some sort of like therapy kind of thing, and yeah. he claimed that he lost his virginity to his sister at the age of eight, and also he had recently slept with her as well. Before I the... didn't remember that. I, I remembered the sex addict thing because that it all led in through sexual chocolate. But Jesus Christ! Now Vince I need, I need tried... if someone needs to verify this for me because I hope this isn't complete and utter bollocks. But Mark Henry claiming on national international television that he lost his virginity to his sister at the age of eight and around that time also had slept with her again. But then Vince tried this whole incest angle with Stephanie apparently as well, didn't he? Maybe they just really wanted an incest angle. Thank God she said no. But then at the same time, there was all the rumours that, that they were just trying to do anything possible to make Mark Henry quit yeah. because he signed such a lucrative deal. Like he, For anybody who doesn't know, Mark Henry, when he signed, was a very, very, very big prospect in just generally American sports. So when they brought him in, uh, it was like this long-term deal. It was like a 10, 15-year contract. Yeah, ten, it was 95 when he signed, wasn't it? Yeah, 95, 2005. So it was like, yeah, 10-year deal. Uh, and then very quickly, they were like, eh, we don't really want to use him anymore. So they started giving him more and more embarrassing um, gimmicks and things like that, which is how we wound up with the May Young situation. That's the rumour anyway. Yeah. But, you know, I think Mark's denied that, but you can see where it's come from because he was yeah. put through a lot of crap. I remember one point, oh God, yeah. something else that'll never leave my mind. It was uh, was it Jacqueline and Terry Runnels that were backstage, and Mark Henry was sort of laid out on a thing. Mark was teaming with D'Lo at the time, and he was sort of laid out on this thing, and they were they were licking whipped cream off his nipples. If you <laughs> if you want something to look at from the attitude era, that is certainly one of the things to That's look the at. One. Get, yeah. it, get it as a wallpaper. Can you get us a 4K copy, please? I need, someone, needs to, someone needs to verify this thing about the losing virginity stuff. But anyway, that's not going to leave me for a long time. Feuding with Viscera at the time was Mark Henry, and this led to a, an incident where Mark, uh, sorry, Viscera would splash Mae Young in the ring while she was carrying Mark's child, and then that would lead to the hand popping out of her. Covered <laughs> in goop. Gold just so was it Pat Patterson or was it Gerald Briscoe said we can just give her a hand. That's the line. <laughs> you give birth to a hand so somebody can knock that line out the park. But uh, it's should we just go for the best? It's just, it's yeah, just it's, it's got to go because it's so it's so crap. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's it, it's far. I like silly bollocks, far fetched yeah. wrestling, and this is yeah. as silly bollocks as you can get. And then we we move on to something that's. This was a nice relationship, this. It was Spike Dudley and Molly Holly, Sam. See, I don't remember much of this. Like, like you sent me a list of a couple of ideas, like what you, like, as you were saying, you sent around the office. But that one, like, I completely drew a blank on. Like, so if you could fill me in, I'd be very happy with that. Yeah, it was during the... Sort of, like, sort of started during, towards the end of the invasion angle. It was after, sort yeah. of, WrestleMania X7, the Dudleys... Feuding with the Hollies, which led to Bubby and... Uh, Bubby? <laughs> Bubby? Bubba and Devon turn on Spike, and then sort of Molly was there, obviously being aligned with the Hollies, and she went through a table as well. Spike and Molly got together, but the Piesta resisted. It was just a nice couple for a while on TV. They were like, oh, I love you, I love you. Molly, 
who was like, she was back when she was blonde and sort of like the girl next door and innocent and all that malarkey. She was like, Spike was like in the ring on Raw going, I, will lo- I love Spike you. Spike was a human pincushion. Spike was, yeah, <laughs> basically, yeah. He was like, I love you, Molly. And then she was like, I love you too, Spike. And she was like, oh, I'm going to do something to you. It was like, I think it might have been around Valentine's Day. He gave her a present. And then she was like, oh, I'll give you a present backstage. We can't do it in the ring. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just don't. It's just proper mental to see how far wrestling's come in the space of like what, like twelve years, like thirteen years, fourteen years. It's it's just proper. <laughs> we've gone we've gone from like mental sex angles and all this like crazy stuff, giving birth to a hand. To we stopped off at JBL is poopy. And then we've sort of come gently back out of it to now we can say the B word. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this this one, this storyline here hit the heights. It was Stone Cold. He was trying, he had this petition. Uh, he was getting all the, the superstars to sign it. Uh, and he got the Spike and Molly who were just being nice to each other on a staircase. I mean, just like yeah. talking nice and looking like a nice couple. They weren't doing anything yeah. untoward. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, he just walks up and they're proper just going at it on the stairs. Just... <laughs> But uh, Stone Cold tries to get Spike and Molly to sign this petition. Uh, Spike says no, because Austin called Molly a bimbo. And this was the beauty of the Attitude Era, because despite being Spike Dudley, and he was lower down the card, he had his role, didn't stop him from getting a WF Championship shot. It didn't stop me from thinking, my God, Spike Dudley might win the WWE title from Stone Cold Steve Austin because Spike Dudley obviously was Spike Dudley. He might have been 150 pounds, which is the same as my leg. 150 pounds soaking wet, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but he was, a, he was a gutsy little so-and-so and he was fighting yeah. on, the, on the behalf of Molly, in Molly's honour. And it, yeah, it was just the, the fantastic segment where he called out Austin on Raw and Heyman came out with the line, women weaken brains. <laughs> <laughs> the, Austin's the thing, walking down the ring to kick seven shades out with Spike Dudley. Yeah, it's just I find it like just amazing that we have uh like in the attitude era you can be somebody like Spike Dudley and you can get a shot like that, but today they don't really invest much in these characters. No. People that are lower down the card, like they'll still have, you know, like we'll have enhancement talent, local talent, all of that stuff coming in and doing all that, and you'll still have lower carders and you'll have all of this, but there just seems to be less backstage goings on, which was always what made the Attitude Era work, I think, a little bit more. Yeah, and oh, just that Takamichi Noku nearly winning the title of Triple H, it was moments like that, everyone everyone had something to do, and well, they were just this, oh. I mean, like there'd be something that opened the show, and then like somebody would accidentally stumble into something, knock something over, and it'd be like, we're having a match, and it was like Triple H versus like this weedy little guy who's just joined the company, and it's yeah. like... Yeah. <laughs> But I, this this thing with Batter Spike and Molly Spike, I think this while it was nice, it was a lot of Spike sticking up for Molly and getting hurt, obviously because yeah. he's Spike Dudley. And then we get to yeah. the end of it where sort of Molly dumped Spike and became Mighty Molly with the hurricane. But it was lovely, wasn't it? Spike it and was Spike and Molly. Where are we putting it? Uh, I'm going to leave this one to you because I don't really remember much of this one. So I'm going to let this grade go into your hands. I'm going to say lovely, lovely, lovely. I don't think it belongs in the best relationships of all time because it wasn't that long-lived, I should say. Yeah. Uh, but it was still nice while it happened. They just uh, they look nice together, don't they? Two little blonde people. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> and so next up we have Kane and Tori, which Anthony Agogo on a Straight to Hell episode with me, completely changed my opinion of, because I always thought, Sam, going back in time in my head, that Tory cheated on Kane to go off with X-Pac, but it turns out that no, X-Pac is just an honourable man. Can you remember anything about this at all? No, I, again, like, some stuff just falls by the wayside in my brain. I've got a very, very bad memory, so fill me in. <laughs> I tell, we should, just the broad aspect of humanising Kane, which is the first sort of major... We had Kane and DX for a little bit, and he was saying... I do remember this, I do remember this. He was saying, this. suck it, without the, the voice box thing. What was your... Because I guess the humanising of Kane, what was your thoughts yeah. on that? It sort of... Uh, it lent in more, because we'd had Kane the monster for quite a while... And you'd seen gently human moments from him now and then. Then you had like the, the suck it, like all that stuff. Um, but yeah, this was sort of it was a necessary step, and it, it was probably the first step toward Kane unmasking. I think in the long run, because the more you humanise him, the more you can get these emotional stories out of him. But I love Kane, and I know you like Kane, and I think humanising him was such a big part of the character that this is important. Could you imagine if he hadn't unmasked and hadn't spoke, like, yet? Part of me would still love that, but part of me would always wonder what if, and I'm happy that we've seen the alternative. Yeah. We've seen a bit of range from him as well, but... I guess saying yeah. that, it wouldn't have worked in the social media era, would it? You have to wear the mask everywhere, and no one can do that, can they? Yeah. Anyway, Kane and Tory got together on TV, Sam. They were a couple for a while. It was all nice. Tory wore red dresses to Kane to match Kane's attire, because all good couples, they match their clothes and whatnot, don't yep. they? Um, that's why we always wear black. Uh, <laughs> but we got to a stage where X-Pac ended up wrestling Tory after Tory, who was still with Kane at the time, complained to Triple H and Stephanie, the McMahon Helmsley era, about Kane being placed in a handicap match. Obviously, she wasn't happy about that because it's unfair. So Steph 
He's Agreed. seven foot nine. I know. He's huge. It's Kane, but it's still unfair. Uh, <laughs> I'm guessing, I, think, I think this must have been against DX. I think I'm right in saying that. It would have been against members of DX at the time. Yeah. Um, so Steph was like, right, Tory, I'm sick of you. I'm sick of your... Oh, I'm just sick of you, pal. I'm going to wrestle you in a wrestling match. But she ended up pulling a fakey Sam. Rio Ferdinand's World Cup wind-ups. She put <laughs> X-Pac in her place. X-Pac would end up, end up beating Tory, and this would make Kane mad. So Kane would end up getting a shot at the WWF Championship. It was in December of 2000, I think this was. Uh, the stipulation was if he lost to the Big Show, who was the champion at the time, Tory would have to spend a Christmas weekend with X-Pac. And obviously... Kane would lose after DX, the New Age Outlaws, distracted him. So X-Pac would go on this Christmas getaway with Tory. And Tory came back from that and was like, X-Pac's a really nice bloke. He's a gentleman. He treated me like a princess, so he did. So Kane, get to the curb, you monster. I'm going to go with my prince. So yeah, I was thinking that this was just like Tory cheated on X-Pac because obviously when she was with X-Pac she was a heel and she was being all dastardly and doing all yeah. the, the cross chops and whatnot. but no X-Pac sort of earned Tory is that the right way? <laughs> he, so, he sort of earned her respect I guess she wasn't expecting him to be so nice but then at the same time she still kicked Kane to the curb yeah. and it's like but Kane's all burned because at the time he was all burned we didn't know that it was just emotional scars so it was like you know, he's, he's just had a really tough life and he just needs a win. And Tori, you were going to be like the thing that changed his life. You're going to be the person that made him like happy and everything. And then she just throws him to the curb, just yeah. yeets him out the window. Just <laughs> Yeah, because Anthony Go, sorry, I mentioned Anthony Gogo at the start because he sent this storyline to hell because he was like, you can't do that to Kane. Tori, get to hell. <laughs> Are you drinking beer, Sam, at 11.25 yes. in the morning? Yes, it's Bloody. very, it's really hot in this flat, and there's a church outside, so like the bells go every fifteen minutes, so the windows are shut. Otherwise, all you'd hear is like bing bong, bing bong, like every fifteen minutes. So yeah, having a nice beer. Sam to, is uh, Sam is celebrating the announcement that's coming towards the end of this video. Yeah. Watch until and the it's end. It's my birthday tomorrow as well. Is it actually time of recording? So yeah, so I'm I mean, like. I mean, of course I knew that, yes. Happy birthday for tomorrow, Sam. Uh, so, uh, X-Pac, uh, sorry, Kane and Tory. where are we saying for this? Well, the thing is, as you start explaining it, I've started remembering more and more about it. I do remember the sort of, the aspect of humanising Kane, and you're sort of drip-feeding little bits, and then eventually you pull the whole rug out on the audience, and it, it sucks. But, it's, yeah, it is memorable. I'd say it's... Top of all right, bottom of lovely, lovely, lovely. I'll go top of all right. Because yeah. while it was nice to see Kane doing different, you know, different things to other than they being... They didn't work so well as a couple. Yeah, well, it was nice yeah. to see him doing different things than just rocking up and murdering folk. Yeah. It's 97 to 2000, wait, 97 to 2000-ish Kane. Oh, he was still a monster, but, you know, and I guess they did make it nice because they would use Tory to make Kane angry, to make Kane kill people. So it worked yeah. nice that way, I guess, but... I don't want to see Kane in relationships at this period nah. of time. Anyway, that's just my personal taste. So next up, we're getting on to one which I reckon you might put in the best, because it is one of the best. Everyone thinks it's one of the best. It's Eddie Guerrero in China. Oh, yeah, all day. All day. Latino heat and Mamacita, yeah. It, it's like, it's iconic. This did so much for, for China, in my eyes, because it, it took her away from being this one-dimensional character 
who was all about just, I'm just going to break people in half. And as the enforcer for DX, like, it was, she was very, 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 like, linear. Like, the whole thing was to just beat people up. She'd have a moment where you'd see a little bit of character development, but it was all sort of very kept controlled. <clears throat> but with this and with Eddie, I think you got to see so much from both of them. It, it made Eddie in WWE, like completely and for China it was like a complete overhaul like she was a completely different person to to the China of the past so for me both of them got so much out of this it was entertaining it's got to go in the best it is definitely one of the best I'm going to put in there now before we speak about about, <coughs> the, uh, about it a bit more put your teeth in Ross anyway can you believe these two started out as heels together yeah <laughs> that's, 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 that's the weird you always just think of Eddie with the roses and the cars and whatnot and kneeling and, yeah. yeah everyone cheering them but no they started out as heels and then organically were allowed to turn into baby faces but this all yeah. started China had been Intercontinental Champion so we've been through the DX phase we've been through Hunter, uh, Triple H's uh, bodyguard thing China had been Intercontinental Championship she was feuding at the time with Chris Jericho Eddie wanted China but initially China was rejecting Eddie until eventually he wore it down. The night after WrestleMania 2000, China turned on Jericho, which allowed Eddie to win Chris Jericho's European Championship. And then she said she couldn't resist the Latino Heat. What a catch. One of my favourite nicknames, that <laughs> Latino Heat. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, Latino Heat. And when he used to make the entrance in the Lowriders, man, it was just... Yeah. Everything down to the... the like, even after that, with the, the chair spots, and the, it's just... Oh, Eddie was the best. It is. It's, it's, Eddie was the best, and it was. This was proof that Joni, like China, was one of the best as well. Yeah, like it was proof that she had range beyond what she'd been given, mm. and she was just class. It was weird, yeah, because she was there as this imposing, like big, strong, hurty woman. But then you're like, ah. Oh. She's endearing, and he went like everyone yeah. was on board with Eddie Guerrero and well, China. This, this was it. WWE hadn't really treat China like a woman since she'd signed because China was very muscular she was like big and she was like intimidating and so they did everything with her but they never really treated her like a woman and then you sort of or even like a human to some degree like they never really treated her like she had anything else going on but then when you see this storyline and you see her getting more screen time and there's a bit more promo time and there's a bit more back and forth with her and Eddie you just get to see how good she really is. And that must be the sort of stuff that when WWE signed her, they were like, yeah, she's got that range as well as the look. And it's, just, it's that thing of like, their back's been up against the wall. Because you would think on paper, back when they started, Eddie Guerrero and China, that's not going to work as a romance angle. But then these yeah. two very talented people just made it work. And it's nice to see when wrestlers do that. Anyway, we're moving on. No, we're not moving on. We're going to just speak about this some more. Why not? Because it's a me <laughs> memorable moment. It was just the thing that stuck out for me was Eddie Guerrero at Backlash 2000, where he'd uh, he'd been somewhere to accept an award before the show, and he rocked up in his uh, I think it was a Chevrolet. I think they called it. Um, it looked like a, a low rider thing, and he rocked yeah. up in his tuxedo and he wrestled in a tux. Do you remember that one? <laughs> I don't remember him wrestling in a tux. I'm gonna to have to go give that a look. Right, back, backlash, backlash 2000. I think that was the same show where we saw the show. I love Backlash 2000 as well. Like, is that where we saw it. the showster? Big Show's Hulk Hogan impersonation. I think as well. Was Backlash 2000 with the the hooks as well? I think it was the first one with the hooks. I might be yeah. mistaken. Uh, but things with this one, 
they sort of unraveled a bit, then tied themselves back up again, then completely unraveled because China was upset with Eddie after Eddie beat her in the King of the Ring tournament. Oh, oh, <laughs> there's no shame in losing Eddie Guerrero. He was a good wrestler. Anyway, yeah, he's one of the best. <laughs> Mama Sita and Eddie would then face Val Venus and Trish Stratus at SummerSlam 2000 with the IC title on the line. It was weird that this was on the line in a tag team match. The winner of the fall would become Intercontinental Champion. So if Trish Stratus pinned China... Trish, I think, would have been an Intercontinental Champion. But no, China <laughs> pinned Trish to win her second Intercontinental title. And then this would lead to Eddie unknowingly winning the title from China. When it was a, it was a triple threat match, I think it was with Kurt Angle. And China had been knocked down. And she was obviously on her back, shoulders to the mat. And Eddie sort of like cradled her head and was like, are you okay? But in yeah. the midst of doing that, the referee counted the fall. So Eddie won the title and China wasn't happy with that. And then we got at the end, and it was a shame to see this one end this way because China caught Eddie canoodling with other women in the showers. Yeah. Eddie! Eddie! I want to say Eddie, he's not a dog. <laughs> Eddie! Eddie, come here, Eddie. <laughs> anyway, it was a shame for that one to end like that. Um, but they would, go, they would take this one a bit further as well because China, the whole Playboy thing, that was sort of encouraged and promoted during yeah. this angle. And then that was set off with the, the thing was the PTC, was it called? The the parents, whatever oh, thing it was. Yeah. And then China was. the PRM, a PMRC or the yeah. P, it's, it's P- parents PTC, I think. Yeah, parents council. Yeah. And then all of that could, malarkey would set China off in her next storyline away from Eddie, which was against Ivory and WrestleMania X7. And, the broken and then we neck. get the cat, and then we get <laughs> <laughs> her slave. <laughs> and yeah. so yeah, it's in the best. When you think it's, I tell you, I tell you one thing though. If you want to see a handsome man, go and find a picture of Eddie Guerrero's dad from back in the day, Gory Guerrero. He's like, you know, when you look at somebody and you're like, you can't possibly look like that. He's I... like that times ten. You're like, how? <laughs> <laughs> I get that with Angel Garza today, me. Whoa, he's got everything. He reminds it's me of that Eddie. sort of like you like look at him and you're like, what? Uh, he reminds me of Eddie as well. The yeah. way he sells, the way his facial expressions, everything. I, the second I saw him on NXT when I was covering it for Graded, I was like, this guy's like Humberto's great, but this guy's going to be the star. He's got that. Like, this he, guy's going to be the star. He's got that charisma, hasn't he? Yeah. Anyway, moving on. We're now going on to a big one, a doozy, Sam, Macho Man and Elizabeth. I'm going to do it now. It's Best. Top of the best in it. Yeah, I mean, this is—it's it's a sad thing because in the the wrestling relationship is the best in the real world. Their relationship was strained and 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 started off great and then sort of turned into something rather horrible. If you've watched Dark Side of the Ring, if you've sort of read up about it, so it's a shame that as their popularity as a couple grew, that in real life they were starting to drift further and further apart, but. You know, you can't take away that image of Macho Man, Elizabeth on shoulder, just cheering. It was just perfect. So I, I went back and looked, because I didn't know before researching how they actually started as a thing together on television. Because obviously they were, I think, they were a couple before they got together on TV. I'm not too sure about that one, but yeah, I think they were. so they, they were a couple before, from what I remember, and then um, the, they needed somebody for Randy, and he was like, well, why not Elizabeth? And they brought Elizabeth to Vince, and Vince was like, yeah, okay, I see this working. And I can't remember the kayfabe aspect with it, but I know that that was sort of how it came to be with Elizabeth getting the gig, because I think it was like, well, we need to find women. And he was like, no, just use Elizabeth. Yeah, it started with Eddie... uh, Sorry, Eddie. It started with Randy... (laughs) 
sort of being courted by the likes of Bobby Heenan and Freddie Blassie and all the, all the big managers of the time. They're all like, we want yeah. to manage you, Macho Man. I think this was back in 1984 or maybe 1985, one of the two. But the Macho yeah. was like, no, I'm going to reject all of your advances. Here is my manager. Here is Liz. And it sort of started out with art imitating life because if you have watched Dark Side of the Ring, you'll hear about Macho Man being overprotective of uh, Elizabeth around the boys and whatnot and yep. lock it, locking her up, well, not locking her up, locking her in locker rooms, private locker rooms and stuff like that so other people couldn't get to her. That was yeah. sort of, art, imitate, art would imitate life in the early stages. We would go through sort of WrestleMania 2, it was, wasn't it, where uh, George the Animal Steel sort of fancied Elizabeth and then Macho yeah, Man would re so. retain his Intercontinental Championship against him and sort mm. of run away with her as well. Uh, Pardon me once again. I've had a coffee this morning. It's both. Oh, it's causing havoc with my inside. But Skull Crusher coffee. Oof. It's like strong, very strong coffee, Sam. Put it in the air. <laughs> put it in the air. I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying. Is to it get... like? Is it like the grenade stuff that Adam has on his desk? You seen that? He's Probably. got like a, a grenade. Probably, like... but like. <laughs> You put this stuff through the AeroPress. I've got. I just want sponsorship for all the coffee malarkey stuff. You put. I want your... a coffee sponsorship. It's impossible. Like <laughs> nobody, nobody will do it. Skull Crusher <laughs> coffee. It's like a line of cocaine. How do I know that? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, moving on. We get the next King... cafe. Get in my mouth. <laughs> King of the ring. We get to obviously Macho Man becomes Macho King. He starts yeah. being a heel. Um, Sorry, despite being a heel, he was being nicer to Elizabeth after being a bit more sort of eh, to her. Yeah. Not, I don't know why I did that. That wasn't right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get through the match. Well, not, no, it wasn't the Macho King bit, you silly. What am I talking about? That was later on. This is the, we're getting towards the Mega Powers bit here. Where the oh, mega, okay. Right, okay. The Mega okay, Powers okay. would get together, and I don't care what Hulk Hogan says, Sam. Hulk Hogan definitely fancied Elizabeth. Oh, yeah, he yeah. Definitely, he definitely wanted to take Elizabeth away all from day. Macho Man. Yeah, like the the way that he would, and, and I know that part of the story is that Macho Man was getting so sort of bogged down and and transfixed on what was happening that he wasn't really paying enough attention to Elizabeth. He wasn't really looking after her, but at the same time, Hogan was swooping in there trying to make a move on his boy's girl. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. Oh, we're not a fan of that one. Um, so it did have its up upsides, of course, because Elizabeth would help the pair of them to win matches against the Mega Bucks, who are no relation to the Young Bucks. It was Andre the Giant and Ted DiBiase. She whapped off the skirt thing, and woohoo! <laughs> Drink to that one, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, we get through the mega powers and whatnot, and obviously Hogan, Hogan, oh, he's, oh he, he was definitely trying to steal Elizabeth, so he was, away from Macho Man, and Macho Man was right to be angry with Hulk Hogan. Well, Hogan running backstage to the emergency area and like holding her and like all this stuff, that's Randy's job. Yeah. This is, this is not right. Back off, Terry. Hulkster. So then we get, sorry, we get to then the King of the Ring stuff, the Macho King. Liz is replaced with Sensational Sherry. Um... We get to the career-ending match at WrestleMania 7, which Savage lost, and after being... He was a dick for so long. He was as the Macho King and whatnot, but obviously Elizabeth was in the crowd. He's lost that match. Pardon me once again. Skull Crusher Coffee is fantastic. Sponsor me, please. Uh, Elizabeth's in the, in the crowd. She can't take seeing Macho Man being so sad and lonely in the ring. He's lost his career. He's dejected. So she comes into the ring to console him. The place goes radio rental. 
Then we get to the there wedding. There are people crying. Yeah, oh, what a moment it was. If you haven't seen it, it's one of those, it's just a nice wrestling, it's just a nice that moment kid with, his, with his little brawling <laughs> buddy. <laughs> that weird hat on. Yeah. What was that yellow hat about? I don't know the hat, but he's got his little macho man brawling buddy and he's like jumping up and down. Yeah, so Macho Man and Elizabeth are back together. We have the SummerSlam wedding angle, the stuff with Jake the Snake and the Undertaker afterwards, and they're opening the present, and there's a snake inside. Oh, terrifying. Uh, then we get to the... Because I sort of, my knowledge is sort of early 90s WWE isn't as good as it should be. And yeah. we get to the stuff with Ric Flair and building up that WrestleMania 8 programme. And Rick, oh, the Rick, stuff with Ric Flair was great. Ric Flair was claiming that he had a prior relationship with Elizabeth and he'd got pictures of Randy and Elizabeth and photoshopped Randy out and put himself in there. But later on, it, get, it was to get proved <laughs> that the pictures were faked and they'd been doctored and whatnot. But that would be the sort of final storyline aspect between Elizabeth and Savage was that stuff with Flair, which they would make it through, but then... Yeah, they were obviously divorced in real life. I think it was just slightly before that. Yeah, it, it, it became uh, obviously horrible in real life. But that the last sort of great thing they did was the the Ric Flair stuff. But even then, that wasn't really super super great. But you had you know the big moment, and that'll always be remembered. There is nothing that's ever going to top that. Not even what happened at Mania will top that. Like that's 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 the biggest moment. The weird thing, that was a SummerSlam main event, wasn't it? That was the main event. Yeah. The wedding. Which yeah. speaks to but how not, well that's it that's how popular they were like, yeah. not even what happened at this year's mania will make a dent on that <laughs> so next up we're going off to the greatest the greatest love <laughs> he was the greatest cook of all time it's Mike and Maria Canellis which start off Sam, you were the 205 Live guy back that well, when... No, they started off on the main roster, didn't they? It was on SmackDown. Yeah. Innocently so, enough, we learned that Mike had taken... No, yeah, Mike had taken Maria's name, which is... Wait, make it... Yeah, was, so, it was innocent... so Mike Bennett had become Mike Canellis, um, and then eventually he'd start turning up on 205 Live, usually as the comedy foil villain. Like, he'd get, you know, angry... And he needs to he needs to prove a point, and he cheat to win or whatever, and and then eventually it got to a point where Mike was on a losing streak, and this was great. Like a lot of people don't watch Two or Five Live, but this was and the thing is it bled over into Raw, and people were like, what the hell is this? It's it's awful. But sorry, um, so you had, like, Mike, Mike, <laughs> Mike was on like a losing streak, and Maria was like trying to help him, trying to help him, trying to help him. And then she announces she's pregnant. And then she just runs him down because oh, he can't is... he can't win. And she's been helping him for months to try and win. Like cheating all sorts, just desperately trying. And eventually he scrapes a win. But like she's like ran him down and she just and then eventually she pops up on Raw to say the baby's not his. And this then the everybody's thing, like, what? And then where's this come from? And then they disappear back to 205 Live. And then you have this weird period where Mike's like desperate to prove that he's able to provide for his family and that he's able to provide for his wife and his daughter and um, the child that's on the way. But then he finds out it's not his and then there's all this stuff. But like Mike would snap I think he'd get a win and it would be taken off him and then he goes up against Drake Maverick and him and Drake Maverick had been at loggerheads like properly going backwards and forwards button heads and it was great and eventually Maverick's like alright 
I'll fight you. And then they like they have this blow off match, and it was amazing. It was mm. properly amazing, and nobody cared, and it broke my heart because it was like it was such a like a long, 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 long build from them arriving in two hundred five live, and I remember just singing its praises. I think gave it an A plus, but it was just cast aside. This is the thing because it's the, the the start on SmackDown was good. You know, he's, yeah. ta- he's taken her name. They've got the theme tune. They're it was doing proper stuff. cheesy. Do- it's, it's what it should have been. It, it was yeah. started off well. They had the stuff with Sami Zayn, I remember. And then it all the 205 Live stuff, as you say, was good. I, I didn't see it personally. Um, yeah. She surprise, co- surprise. She becomes, preg- <laughs> she becomes pregnant for the first time. And then it was the... This is, it's I think second this, time, I'm going to say the, the bin. Right, because oh, was it first time? It was first time. First time she, she's been pregnant yeah. twice since the sign with yeah, the yeah. yeah, that um, was it. So the 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 cook stuff, she she got pregnant in real life, and they worked that end of the story. Yeah, and then she she was saying that Rusev was the father. That went nowhere. She was saying this is the father. I'm going to reveal who the father is. It went nowhere. We didn't actually find out who was the father. I don't think. But Mike, no. It was eventually revealed, I believe, that Mike was the father, and that she was just being. Like angry with him, um, I think I think it was revealed. Yeah, but it was sort of there was just a lot of of really good back and forth with them, and then ultimately, yeah, it, it just fell into nothing. It and was that's, ju- it's such a shame. It it's was just criminal. so awkward. It was just when yeah. she because live crowds were still obviously there, and no one was like booing Maria. Everyone was yeah. just sitting in silence. Which made it ten times as awkward as worst. it already was because yeah, you know you know that's no noise real is life. the worst. Like yeah. if you if you cheer a boo, that's a reaction. If you make no noise, that means you hate this. You're not even going to engage with it. it like, I think it was mainly because there were so many cook angles going on at the time. We had well that we that's had, it too. Like it's like Pat Mustard was doing his rounds in WWE, <laughs> but it, it's like I don't know. Like I I personally like stuff like when when Mike. When Maria like turned on him, I think he shaved his head and he got super serious and he like he took it really, really hard. And as a performer, he got that across really well. And he would scrape by and, and keep getting nearly getting a win, like nearly getting it, and he should have had the person banged to rights and then he'd get screwed out of it. And then eventually he got one and it was this huge moment. It was just beating like a jobber or something, but it was like this huge moment of rejoice. But ultimately, yeah, it it just fizzled out and nobody even knows it was a thing. <laughs> yeah, but I think I to me I think we don't remember. I can't remember him winning the twenty four seven championship. But then I was like, yeah, he did, didn't he? Because then he he won the thing, and then to continue with this cook malarkey, Maria made him get in the ring and lay down, and she yeah. pinned him and became twenty four seven title at uh, the title holder. Yeah. And then she would go around the back going, "I'm the first pregnant champion ever," and it was more awkward, cringy bollocks, and it wasn't good. And then Mike would end up getting the title back when he sort of. I think she was going for a scan, maybe, for being pregnant at the time, and then he sort of pinned her unknowingly while she was on the table, something like that. It was just yeah. all... It I, was... I think it's, it's, it's... Even though you've bigged it up there, I think the crazy awkwardness we saw on the main roster makes it bin-worthy. It was just really horrible to watch and not a good idea. I think if it goes in the bin, it has to be top of the bin, but I, I'll give you it, because like the, the whole crack was, I think, with Mike and that. Like, obviously, Triple H is rumoured to be controlling 205 Live. Mm. And I think he was rumoured to be in control in it through most of the turnaround in that story. But 
it's just like when you put him on the main roster, does he still have a say, or are they just doing what they want with them and then send them back to two hundred five live? Or I don't know. It it just it should have worked so well, and I love them both so much, and I think they're both great performers. But it just didn't. I'd I'd argue for bottom of bearable. I'm gonna say no, Sam. <laughs> but I know you'd say no. Yeah, get in the bit. So next, <laughs> so next up we have Lita and Matt Hardy and this one all started when Lita was in that feud with James Bond otherwise known as Dean Malenko the entrance video is one of the best entrance videos of all time which has got all those words that do not describe they do the acrostic Dean, poem Dean Malenko <laughs> come on the screen <laughs> like sassy Oh, Dashing, yeah. elegant, I mean, he's a good, angry. A good-looking man, but that's just that was too far. But then, obviously, Dean was trying to get with Lita, and then they were having matches and whatnot. And yeah. uh, Matt Hardy would then get involved. Obviously, Team Extreme was a thing at the time. Following one of the matches, Matt Hardy would kiss Lita. I think we all remember that kiss on the ramp. It was woohoo! Because <laughs> these were the cool kids at the time around our era yeah. when we were... Young whippersnappers. Breaking into the business. Yeah, <laughs> breaking. <laughs> um, so they would be just, not much was made of their romance as part of Team Extreme until this kiss. And then it, it yeah. didn't really take off after that. Yes, we knew they were boyfriend and girlfriend. And yes, they were nice together and Jeff was there as well. But it wasn't really, wasn't shoved down my throat in the storyline aspect. And then it would end up fast forwarding through time. Matt would go to SmackDown. But then eventually we'd come back to Raw. And then they were, they were together again. And Eric Bischoff was being a weird man around this time. He was sort of pushing himself onto Lita and trying to make Lita do things and make her do Playboy and stuff. And she was commentating on heat and stuff at the time. And he'd take her, he'd take her off heat commentary duties because she wouldn't do the Playboy shoots and whatnot. He was being a pervy old man, so he was, Sam. Um, can you remember any of this? <laughs> I can remember sort of, uh, yeah, because uh, this was, what, 2002, 2003? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, I mean, like, the Hardys were my favourites in the in the Attitude Era. I, I loved them, like, in terms of outside, of the, you know, the usuals, like Austin and Rock and that. But the Hardys were great. Lita was always great. And I think it was this nice thing for them to be together on screen while being together as a couple and all that stuff. But it's... Ooh, sorry. Skull Crusher uh, it's it's sort of unfortunately remembered more this uh, this angle because of what comes next um, and that's that's a bit sad that b- because of what eventually happens that this whole thing's sullied but I did like them as a team I think it worked well I think it was yeah so yeah it started to unravel because I, I can't remember this one but Hardy and Lita had a tag team match where there was a stipulation if Lita won well, if Matt Hardy and Lita won the match, Lita would get a title shot because Bischoff was still being a dick to her. But if they lost, Lita would be fired. They lost, and Matt Hardy berated Lita for being selfish during the match. And that's where it all started to unravel. Then we went through the Kane stuff that we spoke about earlier, and then came the Edge stuff. And we might as well... We'll put Where, where do you want to put Lita and Matt Hardy? Because we'll, well, we'll move on to Edge and Lita straight away. Lita and Matt are iconic. Like because Team Extreme are iconic, and that's part of the thing is that they're intrinsically tied to that. So you could put them in the best, but at the same time, they never did. They ever really have a featured main story outside the Malenko stuff, and it was the kiss, wasn't it? Then they were just yeah. as I say, they were always just sort of together before. Yeah, the the brand it was just very organic. And... It yeah. was like yeah. I think that was the, the nice thing about it, wasn't it? Well, it wasn't. Yeah. 
It was different because we've been through Macho Man Elizabeth and stuff like that, and then through the Attitude Era, especially where Henry yeah. and Mae Young and stuff like that. So the understatement. We didn't have it forced down the throats either. It was good. Yeah. I'm going to suggest the best. Matt Hardy. Yeah, it's got to be in the best. It's just yeah. the, uh, it's nice. So we might as well move straight on, Sam, to Edge. Edge and Lita. Um, oh. So the stuff with uh, Matt Hardy and Kane was happening, and then Lita was off for a bit. and Lita and Edge started travelling together when she was back and then things started happening behind the scenes and then ended up together. In real life, Matt Hardy was fired. Fans were outraged. Matt Hardy was then brought back due to the real-life sort of fan outrage. We had the stuff on, what was that internet show they had back in the day, Bite This or whatever it was called, when yeah. Matt Hardy phoned Bite in. This was, yeah, it was pretty, pretty bad. That. Yeah. So we worked all this real life stuff into a storyline and credit to Matt Hardy and Edge they were so professional during that feud uh, which was a blood feud we had the stuff at SummerSlam where Matt Hardy was busted open and couldn't continue the match and they had all these matches Edge would eventually come out on top and Lita was with him and Lita turned heel and this is I think this is the best is this the best version of Lita? where she was the heel sort of like as a as a character yeah I think I think Lita had she was always sort of innocent. She was always part of Team Extreme and, you know, she was just cool and she could do all this other stuff and she was like a unique character. But I think in terms of character development, her with Edge, she's just horrible. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it, it works so well. Proper. Because, again, it's feeding off a real-life situation and, yeah. Yeah, I just, proper scummy, dirty, horrible couple necking yeah. on and stuff. And how many times have we seen it in the in the... Like since like Will Ospreay and B Priestley in WCPW that was like Edge yeah. and Lita back in the day the dirty disgusting stuff they would do <laughs> oh, swapping chewing gum from mouth to mouth and what not disgusting anyway we'd have Edge and Lita try pardon me once again skull crusher coffee coming back to bite me in the throat skull crusher coffee um, try to get married they did Edge and Lita but Kane this was still when the Kane stuff was going on it would bleed into the Edge and Lita stuff Kane would come back and tombstone the priest, which is a fantastic sentence to say. <laughs> Wrestling, <laughs> that isn't a thing. We'd fast forward through Edge being a, a disgusting man. He was Mr. Money in the Bank all the way through that latter part of uh, 2005. New Year's Revolution 2006 comes along. Edge wins the title. And then we get the live sex celebration, which I think was the, uh, the pièce de résistance of this feud. I think it's the first thing that comes to mind when you say Edge and Lita. They were there <laughs> yeah. in the ring. Lita actually took a clear off. Yeah, the bed was there in the ring. We saw Lita's nipple at one point, I think. They were actually going for it. <laughs> I think they were said to have done, was... some, done some actual foreplay tings under the, under the quilts, uh, the duvet covers. It's but, just, uh, what do you want to say yeah. about this, Sam? Did this float your boat at all? I, I, no, I, I, it, it just, uh, yeah, it's just. Uh, I want to know who pitched it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know who pitched it, but yeah, it's uh it's just iconic, isn't it? It is iconic. iconic. The live sex celebration is iconic. But one thing I can't remember from the live sex celebration was it was all interrupted by Ric Flair. Who called Edge a disgrace? Even though you know Ric Flair would what? do that sort Rick of thing. Ric Flair can't talk. Ric Flair can't talk about that being a disgrace. I know. Ric Flair, it, the baller. Ric Flair, the 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 has loads of girlfriends. But one thing I can't remember from this is apparently Edge said that. Uh, sorry, Ric Flair said that Edge was horrible in the sack. 
So once again, like Lita and her fourth graders, how does Ric Flair know that Edge is horrible in the sack? Maybe there's a lot more going on in that locker room than we'll ever know. Maybe there was, but I'm going to suggest, Sam, this is the best. I think they just worked together, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, it's, it's just great. We'll stick them in the best. And then we're going to a couple who were together in real life from around about 2010, I think it was, but we're not going to speak about that. We're speaking about the it couple from 2016 to 2017, Miz and Maurice. I thought these two were old-fashioned. We had the heel valet manager who would do anything to keep titles on the Miz. I think Maurice returned. We were there, I think, at the Raw after WrestleMania 32. This is when Maurice became an on-screen character once again, where... Miz won the Intercontinental Championship off Zack Ryder. I think Maurice confronted Zack Ryder's dad in the crowd and then she would go on to be the Miz's full-time manager, doing anything to keep the title on him. She was spraying stuff in Dolph Ziggler's eyes. She was ringing the bell to cause distractions. Just old-school stuff and it worked. Yeah. Like, Maurice is... She just... She, like, bounces off the Miz so well. They work so well together. I mean, Christ, the John Cena stuff. Yeah, uh, that's the, the stuff. The John Cena stuff is just... That's where we need to just so good. put these two so in the best. That feud was... Yeah. John and Nikki didn't even do much. They didn't have to because the, the, the Total Bellas spin-off parody thing that Miz yeah. and Maurice were doing was just... Maurice's impression of Nikki Bella was frightening. <laughs> it was well, it was backstage, wasn't it? Where he was like, "Come on, Nikki, we're going," and he just walks off with Maurice in his arms. <laughs> it was like... Miz's stance where he would like sort of be sort of bent over and square at the same time. It was just yeah. you think, "Oh yeah, John Cena is like sort of bent and over was, and square all the time." And he <laughs> proper like dorky, and it was great. It was it was just walking around the house in full gimmick, and it was like, oh, like that alone is worth price of admission. Yeah, like, but. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic are, vignette. They're just yeah. such a great, great team together. I think hopefully we'll have Maurice come back um, eventually one day, but obviously they're focusing on a family right now. But I think they work so well together. And I think it is because of what he touched on. It's like a classic wrestler, valet, manager, like valet slash manager relationship. We don't really have much of that today. Managing and wrestling is a dying art. Like it's just not really done much. Yeah. Like, and when it is, it's, it's for one or two people. Like, you know, you've got Paul Heyman. It tends to be more a mouthpiece thing. But, like, yeah, Maurice is, like, a classic valet. Miz runs his mouth and she's there. Just back him up. Give him a little helping hand yeah. whenever he needs it. And yeah. So then one thing I forgot that happened, Hell in a Cell 2018, I think it was, yeah. Maurice came back and we had a mixed tag team match between Maurice and The Miz and Daniel Bryan and Bree. I couldn't remember Daniel that. Bryan and Bree? Yeah. I thought, really? Yeah. That was the thing that happened. I couldn't remember that at all. No. <laughs> but the, uh, Miz we Mar will have definitely watched that as yeah, well. Yeah, we definitely... Like, it's, it's just proper weird when your brain doesn't retain any information from something you know you've definitely watched. It's just that, and it's Hell in a Cell 2018. That is Seth Rollins and... No, it's not. No, it's not, Ross. You just completely made a mess of that. That's Brock Lesnar interfering in Braun Strowman's <laughs> cash -in. That's what I remember that event for. Anyway, that's a thing that definitely happened. And that's another yes. thing. And any, I guess we, we might as well bring in um, Miz and Mrs., that's a thing. Yes. I don't well, want that's it. And it's I think they've got another season, so they it must be popular. Like so and but the thing is that that's the thing you're about to say you don't really watch it. I didn't really watch it. I've watched Total Divas and genuinely I was surprised. Like you can tell a lot of it's staged, but there's some very real things being talked about, especially early on about like how the women are tre in WWE now, it's not fair and it's 
like it's well worth it for that. I've not watched any Miz and Misses. It could be great, but as long as it's not Holy Foley, as long as it's not Holy yeah. Foley, <laughs> Holy Foley was poo. I tell you what, when you do see clips though shared online, it does seem like a bit of a hoot, especially when George gets involved. There's that famous bit where yeah. he, they're all sat around the dinner table and they're speaking about something. I think Miz is like. Now, George, Dad, we're going to tell you something that we haven't told anybody else. And George just goes, well, what do you mean? There's cameras everywhere. You're telling the world, you silly prick. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems like it's a good show to watch. I should, I should probably watch it. But yeah, Miz and Maurice, firmly in the best, I think, just for those John yeah. Cena and Nikki Bella vignettes alone. And then we're moving on to a current day one that's still going on right now. The we best. Have, we the have best. Otis and M- Mandy. Mandy. M- Mandy. I mean, they, 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 they're just great. They've had a mixed tag match. It was fantastic. Sonia has been made out of this. Otis has been made out of this. Tucky has been thrown to the wayside <laughs> out of this. Mandy has been made out of this. <laughs> Poor like, Ziggler. Ziggler's even getting a bit of a revival here. Yeah. Like, it's it's done so much for everybody but Tucker. It is, the- and it's all, and it was all Mandy's idea as well. This was all Mandy's idea. Because it was, a, it was a thing Otis has done on Instagram for a long, 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 long time. He would just post random pictures of Mandy going, "Look yeah. at you, you beautiful peach and all that malarkey." Yeah. And then she's seen that and gone, "Wow, we can do something here." Because they're, they're well, obviously a pals backstage in real life as well. They're, they're, they're quite friendly in real life. Yeah, they they like I think work out or hang out or something. They do something together. But yeah, it's she just sort of figured it would work. But it's it, just it's. It, the most unassuming storyline I think we all gently rolled our eyes a little bit when it was starting and then you know we had the Valentine's Day thing and it was like a bit sad and then we had it just kept it's going, just, going and then Mania just oh. yeah it's just that lingering threat which is still there to this day for me oh. it's just the lingering threat that they're going to have Dolph Ziggler Don't. the guy with muscles make the fat lad look like an idiot that's Don't. just the lingering threat I, I can't I can't deal with that thought I don't want Mandy to turn I don't want Ziggler to, to make Otis look like a fool. I think Otis needs to be a superstar at the back of this. Yeah. And if they are it, if they are gonna do it, let's get legs out of it first. But when it does yeah. happen, we want well, we want to harm Mandy. Not not in that way, obviously, but like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I uh th- that's the thing. The important thing is this has been going on since what, like February, end of January, early February, and it's not boring yet. No. And it's it's the end of May. And this is something WWE haven't managed for quite some time. Yeah. So, fingers crossed. So, where are we going for Otis and Manny? I'd say best, but you probably want to put him lovely, lovely, lovely. George Sugar, lovely, lovely, lovely. Just to see. They're not like iconic, historic. They're on the way there. That was one hell of a WrestleMania moment, though. Oh, yeah. I remember I was loudly screaming on (laughs) next door neighbors. (laughs) (laughs) It was nice, though. So, next on, we're moving. To a real-life couple who have done some kayfabe things as well, Sam. We have Linda and Vincent Kennedy McMahon, who in real life, Sam, have been yeah. together since Linda was 13 and Vince was 16. Yeah, they met at a choir, church yeah, choir. church choir, where she had um, beautiful blue eyes and blonde hair. Nah. Well, this is the thing with Vince and Linda, is I think that despite all the kayfabe, I mean, all the brilliant moments, the... Linda being a zombie and standing up and revealing that she was there all along and taking the worst stunner in the world and Vince just putting her through the ringer but Linda still getting one up on him or the Ric Flair stuff. It was all great. But then when you look at Vince and Linda in real life, stuff like when when Vince was desperate to prove to his dad that I want to be a promoter, his dad said to her, okay, there's a territory 
I think it was up like further northeast. It was in the and northeast. He was like, yeah. There's a there's a guy. No, but it was like further up northeast from the from the McMahon territory. But he's like, there's a guy up there that owes me money, um, and his territory is falling apart. He's like, if you can turn it round, then great, you'll prove to me you can do it. If you fail, I don't ever want to see you again. So Vince and Linda, I think they'd eventually buy like a hockey team. They had this venue. The, like this arena like hockey arena they'd run wrestling in there but Vince and like whoever would book the shows like relating to the company Linda would go as far as like I think Vince had a job at a quarry on weekends and Linda would go as far as like she'd serve drinks and food to people coming in like that's how much they did for each other because they had nothing and that's what the whole industry now is built off is that relationship between these two people yeah. Like, and they're iconic alone for so many moments. But as a couple, like, they did everything they could. And then they had kids as well to worry about. And yeah, it, we owe them so much because the industry probably wouldn't be here without them. That was a nice speech from you, Sam. But we're not here to speak about the real life couple. We're here to speak about their dealings in television. No, but in I, television just, I just land. told you. I told you, like, that for everything they've done on TV, they're iconic <laughs> alone. But as a real couple. <laughs> You know, because <laughs> it's, it's it's just been a tale of woe in terms of storyline. Yeah, it's it's been a tale of woe, but you know, it's been entertaining. <laughs> do, do, you, do you remember when the sort of relationship between the McMahon family caused Linda McMahon to have a breakdown, and then Vince cruelly announced on television that he was filing for divorce, and then while he was doing that, he was necking on with Trish Stratus and cheating on her right in front of Linda's face, and that caused Linda to go to a catatonic state and then sit in a wheelchair for many many months. Do you remember? Oh, that so they're not, they're not, they're not, uh, they're not a raw model couple, but you know, <laughs> they're, still, they're still, I'd say, top of the best. They're still yeah, going it's in there. Well, they've given us so many moments. That's the thing. Uh, We've been, that, that's that's always the thing. No matter how horrible Vince has been to her, they always like eventually reconcile. Eventually, they're like a pair of magnets. Yeah, they've yeah. been through some stuff. What is there apart from the obviously the WrestleMania X Seven storyline? There the... was so there was a McMahon in every corner. Yeah, WrestleMania uh, two thousand. You had Linda with Ric Flair, I believe, wasn't it? Where Linda sort of, she sold her shares in the company after divorce and Vince. Um, ah, yes. And then Flair bought in on that. Then Linda sort of gently moves away because Linda wanted to move into politics, which is a shame. Like, it'd still be nice, but you completely understand it. I mean, you've given your whole life to this company. You want to have time to do what you want to do. Yeah. I'd, I'd like one more angle, but at the same time, they're in their 70s. Let them chill. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Aye, so there we have it, Linda and Vince in the best. And then just to round things off, Sam, our final... Can you believe we've only done 19 couples and we've been here for about seven hours? proper massive talk. (laughs) (laughs) And we have King Bukar and Queen Charmel, which all kicked off with the 2006 King of the Ring tournament. King Bukar, well, he would become King Bukar. Booker T won that final against Bobby Lashley. And then sort of Charmella come in, sort of 2005 time. We've been through the awkward, awkward angle. With Kurt Angle and whatever Kurt Angle wanted to do to Charmel and stuff like that. And oh, God, oh, God, oh. Bestiality, was, I think, was mentioned, Sam, yeah, he, and stuff he like said, that. He, he actually said the words, bestiality sex, yeah. like that. Like, oh, no. Lovely stuff. <laughs> we like, had, uh, what were they thinking with that? Like, straight up, what were they thinking with that? It, it's nuts. Credit to Kurt Angle for being game for out, I think we'd say in the Northeast. Game for anything, I, just to say. I that. Was sticking up their ass. <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to do that. So, yeah, then we got through, I think it was WrestleMania 22. There was a weird squash match where the Boogeyman had been harassing uh, Booker T at the time and Charmel, and Booker T 
was squashed by the boogeyman on WrestleMania. And then the boogeyman yeah. sort of kissed Charmel with worms in her mouth once again. Charmel being game for out here, being kissed by a man with a, a mouth full of worms. Um, disgusting stuff. And then, so yeah. obviously, we, we get through King of the Ring. And then the King Bukar's big feud was with Batista, which was sort of real life and kayfabe at the same time. SummerSlam uh, came around. Uh, King Bukar lost to Batista by disqualification after Charmel got herself involved. It was all... Charmel would do a lot. Just It was sort of old school once again. Charmel doing stuff. Wait, how can it not be old school? He was a bloody king, for goodness sake. Um, she was just doing all sorts of stuff to keep the title... In and around King Booker's waist, and it's, it was it was it was all right, wasn't it? I think King Booker, king. she was very much as you know the king thing would dictate. She was very much second fiddle to this pompous king malarkey stuff with King. I think Booker T's work well, here way outshined Charmel's stuff here. Yeah, and I mean like Booker, King Booker was great anyway. You had like right down to his theme music. Do you know what his theme was called? Regal man. His theme was called Dead White Guys. Pardon? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. It was called like Dead White Guys. What, that, that... Obviously like like portraits I think it's supposed to be alluding to. Oh like, right. Big old portraits of people and stuff. But yeah, when I first saw it I was like, what? Yeah, it's called like Dead White Guys. Bloody hell. But um it's as a relationship. <sighs> It's. I don't think it's in the greatest, but you had like the all oh, hail King Booker, yeah. and it was it was sort of like the excuse me. It was proper. It just great. It was like nails on a blackboard, but yeah. Because it, it wasn't it wasn't that long lived, really, in the grand scheme yeah, of things. Like, they, would, they would soon depart for uh, TNA. The pair of them would go there. Um, yeah. So and you arguably reckon? have a pretty stronger run in TNA. Ooh, controversial. Yeah. But, I don't know. It's I wouldn't put him in the best. I'd maybe put him in top of lovely, lovely, lovely. Should we go top of lovely, lovely, lovely? I yeah. think I don't, it's just that, that would, the role would dictate that Charmel was just more of a supporting cast member and yeah. not really get involved. Well, she did get involved too heavily, but they didn't, they didn't really have the moments that other couples they didn't had. capitalise on it in a way where it was like super, super storyline driven. Yeah. Yeah. So there we have it, everybody. There's our tier ranking things for 20 of the more famous, well, some not so famous, but more, more famous couples in WWE storyline history. We'll go through it one by one, Sam, just to make sure we don't want to move anything. We have the bin, which is filled with Mike and Maria, just because even though they did do a lot of good stuff on 205 Live, the stuff on the main roster was so awkward and confusing. weird yeah. and horrible that it has to go in the bin. We had the sort of nothing relationship, Jealousy-driven thing between Tory Wilson and Tajiri, which is just about bearable. Then we have All Right, which was Kane and Tory, and then Dolph Ziggler and Vicky Guerrero. I think that's fine. Yeah. Then we have Lovely, 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 which is filled with King Booker and Queen Charmel, Glamorella, Brian and AJ, Kane and Lita, despite the awkward parts, Molly Holly and Spike Dudley, and Otis and Mandy. And so we'll start off, well, as we always do, the best will rank. What, what order did it go in the best? We have Linda and Vince, which has to go for the top for me. Yeah. Despite, sort of... despite their issues, they are the rest of the company. But they're like, they're like the pantheon of the gods, aren't they? they? Are. Without them, we wouldn't have the company where any of these storylines took place. Yeah. So, so the, Then next we have Macho Man and Elizabeth, which is just iconic. Yeah. I think they're second place. So I'm going to say to you, Sam, is Triple H and Stephanie higher than Macho Man and Elizabeth? No. I would agree with that. Is Edge and Vicky Guerrero higher than Triple H and Stephanie McMahon? 
I'm going to say no, me personally. No, yeah, I don't think so. Is Arlen Dawn higher than Edge and Vicky? Absolutely. <laughs> That's weird, but why the hell not? The man, the man died of exhaustion. <laughs> Is Mark and May higher up than Edge and Vicky? I want to say yes, but it's a no. It's a no. Now, Eddie and China, is that higher up than Edge and Vicky? 100%. I'd, I'd say so as well. Uh, Matt Hardy and Lita, do you reckon that needs to go up above higher, uh, higher than Mark and May and higher than Edge and Vicky and higher than China and Eddie? I'd say it could move up a couple of positions, maybe not higher than China and Eddie. Oof, we'll put them there. Edge and Lita, I think this needs to come up some way, does it not? Yeah, Edge and Lita, I'd say, is more important than Matt and Lita. I would say as well. Is it bigger and better than the Eddie in China? Sorry, excuse me. I think so, yeah. As hard as it is to say that. Dawn and Al? <laughs> Dawn and Al. We just we just did that one, didn't we? I'm saying is it higher? Oh, um... No. We'll leave it there. Dawn and Al are doing very well for themselves. <laughs> and then Mike and Maurice. I think they need to come up higher than May Young. I think they need yeah, to come up higher. For sure. Do they need to come up higher than Edge and Vicky? Yes, maybe. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Higher than Lita and Matt? I think so. Yeah. Higher than Eddie and China? No. We'll leave it there. So there we have our best tier, which goes Vince and Linda, Macho and Liz, Triple H and Stephanie, Alan Dawn, completely deserved to be there, Edge and Lita, Vicky, uh, sorry, China and Eddie, Miz and Maurice, Matt and Lita, Edge and Vicky, and then rounding things off in the best tier for couples in history, we have Mark Henry and Mae Young. And just, where would you put us to, Sam? Where, where would you uh, put? Well, we're in, we're in the best, obviously. Obviously. Uh, and so we have, we have tickled the ball sack, the proverbial ball sack for this entire video. Textbook, Gary YouTubing. Sam, I'll let you take over here. What is the big announcement? So, like my parents told me when I was nine years old, it's not that we don't love you anymore. Oh, my God. Uh, it's, it's just, uh, you know, we, we just, uh, we need to be apart. And so, unfortunately, one year and one day, as we record this on the 29th of May, one year and one day to the, you know, Art to Our Wedding, we, we're, we've announced right now, or we're announcing right now, that we're filing for divorce. We've started proceedings with a solicitor so unfortunately this is the end of the line but is it ram or sauce what are we called regret regret it's the end of the line <laughs> for regret <laughs> there we have it there's the big announcement uh, it's, it, it, it couldn't have happened soon enough quite frankly yes, why, why yeah, are we sat I, here I can't believe uh, it took us this long yeah, bloody hell yeah. Get to change my name back on Twitter now. Nice. That's it for this tier ranking thingy. Let us know what you think in the comments below. No doubt about it. You disagree with everything we've said right here, right now. I've been Gary YouTube from cultaholic.com. Any closing thoughts from yourself, Gary? No, this has just been a really nice tier, this one. I yeah. quite like the longer discussion. Yeah. With the fewer uh, a, fewer things. A lot that goes at storylines. They're fantastic, aren't they? We don't yeah. see enough of them these days, but we're getting back to these times where Otis and Mandy and the hacker and stuff like that. Yeah. Storylines are coming back. Good stuff. That's it for this video. Join us next time. I've got no idea what's coming up next. Let us know in the comments below what you want to see from future tier list videos. Bye-bye. Wave to the camera. See you later. Bye. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 